Welcome to this week's Tell Me About the Podcast. This week we discuss what a business plan is, what it should include and how to start. Here's a snippet of what we'll cover. Trying to debunk that myth, that you don't have to write a business plan. Not every plan has to have the nth degree of detail in it. Think about your readership, think about the the part of your business ambitions it's going to cover. So last time out, we were talking about the necessary characteristics for an entrepreneur, mostly um, optional, but some that we said were very important. I think if people have got that and are now listening to us today, I guess that that means they're ready to go on their startup ambitions and see if they can fulfill their entrepreneurial um, intent. So where do we start? Well, where do we start? I think we start with planning. Sorry to say, not everybody's cup of tea, but it's got to be done. It needn't be a burden. It should be an enjoyable process which helps you to realise the dream you've got for your product or your service. And by the way, just to save a little time, let's just refer to things as products, even though they might be services going forward. You can choose not to plan. Nobody's saying that you have to produce a plan. Plenty of people have achieved considerable success by just tripping over a business idea and stumbling into a business that would bring it to fruition. But the chances are that you're going to rely upon luck if you don't plan. Let's wish all those people good luck who don't wish to plan. I think the reality of not planning is that you lose control. You end up when you're reacting to situations that arise, troubleshooting more so than looking for ways to improve and develop your business idea. You've You don't have any expectation of what might happen if you don't have a plan. You haven't investigated where the risks are and built strategies how to manage those risks out of your startup. So let's assume that the idea is to produce a plan. When we were talking about stoicism last time round, we made reference particularly to something called negative visualisation, I recall. This is about not just hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. This is about imagining what could go wrong. I think that that's a pretty good start point for business planning. If at each stage of the process of your startup that you can envisage, you think to yourself, what could go wrong? You're going to produce an interesting list of things that you need to work out. What can I do now to prevent them going wrong in the first place? And or what could I do should they arise to minimize the impact of them? Effectively, risk management, if you will. It's a bit like crossing the road, really. If I decide to cross the road and just step off the curb, I should expect considerable risk. I will need to jump back, I'm sure, after people have beeped their horns at me, and I may or may not get across the road, and if I do, I may or may not be injured in the process. But if I plan to cross the road, I could wander down to the crossing, wait for the appropriate time, walk slowly and safely across the road and achieve the objective with little risk and probably in as much time as it would have taken me to have uh, stumbled backwards and forwards between the traffic without any plan at all. Simple analogy perhaps, but I think it helps to understand that planning takes out risk. Planning doesn't necessarily mean delay. Planning is what will help us define the path we're going to follow to get where we want to be.
So you've persuaded us to make a business plan. What does it need to do? I think the business plan needs to support the entrepreneur's vision. The plan may not be one that's intended to get to the vision, but it's got to support it. It's got to take the entrepreneur and his or her business on a journey that is to realise that vision ultimately. So what would be the difference between vision and ambition? Vision for the purposes of planning is some mind's eye view of the situation around the startup at some point in the future. Ambition may be to take over the world, to make Amazon number two in its market, or to make Microsoft a thing of the past. Ambition is great, everybody needs it, and I encourage people to have as much as they can do. But for the purposes of our business planning discussion today, we need to focus on envisaging a situation that is to arise in the future. Okay, and what does the business plan need to cover? There are, to my mind, three stages that we can work towards covering in a business plan. We could work towards covering the part of the journey that is the startup itself. And by that, I mean the creation of the foundations for the business going forward. It might be that we want to plan through the startup phase and into the business building phase, if you will, creating superstructure on those foundations. And ultimately, there will be a need to plan beyond the building phase into what I call the scale or sale phase, where you're either going to look for significant capital to accelerate your business, or you've got it to a point where it is already attractive and valuable to others, such that it might be a tradable commodity. For the purposes of this podcast, let's stick with the idea that we want a business plan to get through the startup phase. We want to create a plan that's going to help us put the foundations in place off which we can then decide how far we're going to go with our business. But we've got the basics, we've got the fundamentals in place. That's what we're going to plan to do. And what would you say the startup phase is? To my mind, this is moving from the daydreaming phase, the ideas phase, the staring out the window, wishing that you were an entrepreneur wishing that you'd started up your own business to the point at which revenues are coming in such that there has been a proof of the product's need within its market and that those revenues are sufficient to be covering the day-to-day expenses such that there is no more startup cash needed at that stage. So let's just recap those two. We're saying that the startup phase gets us to a point where we have revenues that have proven the concept of the product and that those revenues cover the day-to-day costs, meaning we don't need to borrow or find more cash to get us through to what is generally known as the break-even stage of our startup. When we're talking about expenditure and income, revenues and costs, at the startup phase it's important to think principally about cash not about simply profits and loss. Assuming some basic understanding of accountancy principles, there is a difference between profits and cash flow. Profits can be stated without there being corresponding amounts of cash generated. Cash could follow profits. So it's important for the purposes of business planning that we work with cash flow more so than profits. But these are terms we'll get into in a little more detail shortly. But Let us put down a marker now 
Let us put down a very important marker now. Cash is king. The vast majority of startups fail because they run out of cash. The vast majority of those that fail because they ran out of cash ran out because they failed to plan how much cash they would need. Something came up that they hadn't planned for and they couldn't afford to get through that specific next hurdle. And they may have been very close to fulfilling the potential of their product at that stage, but regrettably had to leave it on the shelf. And all they have now is the debt hanging over them. Nobody wants to be in that position. The cash is king and we need to plan for how much cash we're going to need to get through the startup phase. Okay, cash is king. Got it. Um, what would be the process of bringing together a business plan? I think one of the important things to start with here is to consider what our readership is going to be. Who are we writing this plan for? And I think that comes down to one of three broad audiences which align with the three broad sources of funding for your startup. First and foremost, if you're self-funding your startup, then your business plan is really just helping you to frame your thoughts, put all the things you've got to do in a logical order, understand how much of your own money you're going to need and double-checking that it's affordable within your own resources. But because it's being written primarily for yourself, I think it's quite permissible for it to be fairly sketchy, not particularly well formatted or presented. As long as it's reasonably complete, as long as you've been through your negative visualization, your broad ways of thinking, and you've maintained the vision of your plan, then at this stage for a self-funded startup, we don't need to be worrying too much about presentation and richness of detail. I think the second category of readership could be if you're intending to put your business plan to families and friends. A fairly sanguine audience, people who will see you as a family member or a friend with a good idea, not just simply, are you investable or not? Here, I think we do need more information than if you are self-funding. And I think it needs to be put into logical order, clearly written, and written in terms that an audience who may not understand your product or your market can easily comprehend. The third readership group that you might be considering at this stage is that of third-party investors, people who make a business out of investing in startups. These might be business angels. They could be providers of seed capital, almost certainly private individual money, but there's structure around their assessment of investment opportunities. I'm not talking about venture capital or structured funds of that nature. That would come later. Remember, we had the idea that the third phase of the business would be scale or sale. That's the time when that level of funding is, should be considered. But if you're considering approaching business angels or private investors that you don't know, um, who have a structure, a set of fundamentals that they look to be satisfied before deciding upon investment, then here you're going to need a rich and detailed business plan going into considerable detail, looking at an enormous range of contingencies, what could happen, what might happen, how you're going to deal with all the things that could knock you off your path, and to be robust in your estimates of the amount of funding you're going to need. Because rest assured, this class of financier is going to know all the difficult questions to ask. So you may as well get them answered in your business plan up front. 
So if you are going down the business angel route, where would you find people like yourself? You'll find business angel networks all over the world. I'd suggest Googling business angel network and possibly networks in my area and see what comes back. A business angel network is a coordinated group of individuals where there will be some systematic way in which they assess business propositions and it gives the opportunity for more than one angel to be a part of an investment program rather than it all falling on an individual. The trouble with a business angel network is that you often find that you don't get access to the angel for anything other than their money. I would suggest also contacting accountants, CPAs, solicitors, lawyers, whomever else you might be in touch with and other people in your network to see if they know anybody who calls himself a business angel where you could talk one-to-one with an individual who will consider your business plan with the same degree of scrutiny and professionalism as would a network of business angels. But in that situation, you're more likely to find somebody who will not only provide some or all of the startup capital that you need, but somebody who will take a meaningful day-to-day interest in your journey and be there for you in a mentoring capacity. What they want in return for their funding will be open to negotiation and the entrepreneur should be open themselves to potentially giving away some of the equity of their startup in the early days. The business angel may require a certain percentage of the ownership of the company to be its funder. Or the business angel may require there to be some security provided for monies that are being lent. This podcast is not the right forum for us to talk about the differences between equity and debt funding within businesses. But broadly speaking, if a business angel were to provide £20,000, let's say, to an entrepreneur to get their product through the startup phase, that business angel could say, I'll take 20% of your business, so I'll own 20% of your business, and you can have the £20,000 will be capital in your company. Or they could say, I will lend you £20,000. I don't want any ownership of your company, but I do want to take a second charge on your house to secure the £20,000. The former is equity funding, the latter is debt funding. And the entrepreneur needs to know what type of funding they want and be prepared to have the meaningful conversation with their business angel about the terms upon which monies are made available to them. But I can't stress highly enough to take the time to find the angel with the greatest potential for being your mentor as well. Yeah, going to be going through a lot emotionally with them as well as business, so they've got to be a good egg. Yeah, that's right. It's not like Dragon's Den. Business angels, in my experience, never say, I'm out. A good business angel will always have time to assist every entrepreneur that they meet. They may not be able to invest in every entrepreneur, but they've certainly always got something they can give and probably very willingly given advice on their business plan, more questions for them to answer, some personal soul searching perhaps as to whether they are ready at the right stage of their lives to embark upon their entrepreneurial journey. Okay, so back to the business plan itself. Um, What kind of things would go into a business plan? 
for the purposes of today, let's assume that it's somewhere between self-funding and family and friends funding, to keep it simple. Um, we can worry about the additional detail necessary for structured funding, the third of my categories of readership, at a later stage if we wish. When we're pulling together our business plan, we need to make sure that we're putting into it minimal description and background, but plenty of actionable items. Actions need to be SMART, the usual acronym, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic and time-bound, so that you can measure your success against each action. And crucially, understand how the completion of one action will lead to the opportunity of the next action in line. We can't market test, for example, until we've got the product into a shape that the market would recognise and understand its utility, its application. What are the broad headings that the plan should cover then? Well, let's start with a description of the product. Then I think we need a description of the market and the competition that the product will be up against, leading to a conclusion as to either the gap in the market that the product will fill, or where current customers are unsatisfied with a competitive product and that churn from those competitors to your product can be achieved. I think we need to describe the product market dynamics, which will lead us to understanding price that could be charged, where the product will be used and when we know where it is we can then start to get some clarity on our route to that market and what our promotion should look like that is how are we going to move the product from us to the marketplace also in terms of product and market dynamics it's important always to consider what the reaction of the competition will be when you enter the market that might not be an immediate reaction but there may be something down the line that you can anticipate and plan for. You're going to need to talk a little bit about the human resource requirements. What skills and experiences are going to be necessary? Are they skills and experiences that you're going to try and employ into your startup or can you get all of the, that skill and experience on a contracted basis from independent contractors? What level of prototyping may be required for your product? Will your launch sit before your product is de deliverable or after? Will your go-to-market marketing start after your launch or before your launch? Need to think all those things through and determine the action plan accordingly. What is the supply chain that relates to your product? Do you need to acquire parts and components or supportive services to be able to ultimately deliver your product? How do you get those? Where are they? What are the best prices you can achieve? What do you see the risks to be in the provision of those? Are any mission critical to your product? In which case, how do you ensure continuity of supply of that component within the supply chain? And then as we're moving through to the latter stages of your startup phase, if your vision for this business plan was to build those foundations, then you're going to need to know how you're going to support customers, retain customers, and what external advisors you're going to need to keep you in good shape along the way. On the supply chain and looking at prices, how do you factor in inflation and whatnot? So if you if you start your business plan now and then you're planning to launch it in six months, let's say, the prices can, especially at the moment, can fluctuate massively. How do you factor that in? 
you can't with any precision, but I think the fact that you, Beth, are thinking about that means that it's now something that needs to be addressed within your business plan. And I think you would therefore say these particular components or this particular service may well be volatile in difficult markets. And then when it comes to thinking about the cost implications of those, some contingency can be built into the plan on probably a best guess basis. You're never going to be precise, but your plan is so much stronger for you having recognised that volatility in those costs and making some allowance for it. The final component of the business plan, the dreaded financial plan. One can't dress this up. It is a spreadsheet exercise that needs to be undertaken. It is the only way in which a forecast of expenses and revenues can be matched over time to find that point in the future at which revenues will cover day-to-day expenses. Remember, we're talking in terms of cash flow. Cash is king. So, Now you've got your business plan based around the actions you're going to take in the order you're going to take them, articulating therein risks that you can foresee and how you're going to manage those risks, either to reduce them or if they arise, what you're going to do about them. And you've got an understanding of how you're going to be incurring costs and how you're going to get to revenue and how much money you're going to need to bring your startup to fruition. Let's bear in mind that this model is not at this stage repaying any money that's been used to get your startup going. We just talked about a plan that gets you to the point where you don't need any more money at the moment. Finally, I think it's worth saying under the heading of business plans that plans are not forever. They're just for the period of time that you determine. They can be changed at any time as well. You don't want to be spending all your life business planning but certainly to be flexible and agile enough to know when something changes along the path you're following that's going to require a rethink of part or all of your plan, then get on and replan. And even if things go smoothly and according to plan, I do recommend reviewing the plan every so often. Let's say you've written a three-year plan to start up. Rewrite it at the end of year one probably rewrite the next three years at the end of year one and then continue rewriting a three-year plan every year because what you will know at that time will be much more than what you knew the first time you were able to write your plan. But the bottom line has to be your entrepreneurial ambition has to be reflected within your business plan. Your business plan must be one that gives your product the best shot of coming to market and being successful however you decide success is defined, but with maintaining agility, flexibility and fluidity in how you, what I like to call, turn on a dime when you need to, which is the benefit of micro and small businesses. So if you have all of this information for how to write a business plan, but what would you suggest I do? Do I just grab a piece of paper and a pen or do I start on a a PowerPoint presentation? Or I mean, I guess it depends on how you work as a person. It's a good question. I think that actually the written piece comes after a detailed thinking phase. The first thing that goes through my mind is go for a very long walk and think about it. Think about all the situations that are going to arise. Imagine the journey in your mind if you can. 
So go for a long walk or by all means sit at a desk with a pen and paper, but don't try and start with a heading business plan and think you're going to write it. Sketch ideas, put down thoughts, draw stages of your business and lines between them. Just try and bring it to life in your mind's eye first of all and start to break down all the components, the stages, the little bits that are going to be important along the way and see if you can get some order to those. This will help you with producing a succinct, informative, detailed and accurate business plan because nobody's saying that these things need to be big or long or colourful. Another big question might actually be, do you business plan on your own or do you have somebody who helps you, either in the context of assisting you with the thinking and the putting down of the words and the building of the spreadsheets or or, or just to act as a sounding board, somebody who you trust, who you can just run things by and ask them whether they think that sounds reasonable or they can think of things that you're missing in terms of the depth of the thoughts that you're going through. So I suppose both of those are about the thinking part of business planning as much as they are pen in hand, paper on desk, let's go. Um, I, the, the documentation will be succinct, relevant, accurate, in direct proportion to the amount of thought that goes into it rather than the volume of content within. It's not, it's not about starting, you know, writing my business plan on the line <laughs> and, and thinking you're going to do or, or typing like that yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's 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 more of an ethereal creation an ethereal composition of detailed thought detailed investigation negative visualization mm-hmm. all those things bring it all, all together you know you might start with your launch party because you've got a very clear thing in your mind, you know, the only place to go and launch this is on a stand at the British Grand Prix because we're going to sell things that are going to sell to... So I've got a, a one fixed point in time every year when I can launch this product. Mm-hmm. Once I've got it launched, I then hope that F1 fans will buy buy this thing from me online or whatever. Yeah. But my launch has to be there. So get that piece down. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're building it up in segments into a plan. So I'd probably go for a walk and just dictate into my phone when something key comes up that I need to remember and then start from those notes or yeah. audios. And- yeah, and just um, just imagine each stage of the process. So imagine that you've written your business plan. Um, what is it that you think you've got to do first? And then you can come to, back to the business plan and articulate that. And it will start, I'm almost certain, with defining your product, defining your market, defining the gap within the market that the product's going to suit and articulating why your product is either going to attract customers that aren't being satisfied at the moment or customers who are dissatisfied with the competitive offer at the moment. Most people start there. I guess it comes back to what we talked about in the last episode of just start, like just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Important words. Yep, that's right. And we're not sponsored by nike but (laughs) (laughs) not yet (laughs) but if nike's out there cool the end Thank you for listening to our third episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Next week, we'll have a shorter episode where we have dived into the business types and associated finances. 
Please like, review and head to our Instagram at tellmeaboutpod and our website tellmeaboutpod.com to keep updated. As always, comment on our Instagram or send us a message with any questions that you might have for Dad to answer. Thank you.